back hi adam why are you <laughs> laughing at me because you sound upset i am i know we have a lot to get to about <laughs> one team in particular but we'll get to it later yeah i mean there's plenty of time because there's honestly not not that much to talk about if we look at the power hour I'm looking at the Power Hour, and it reminds me when we first started this podcast in the middle of the summer, when there was nothing to talk about, and we'd have to talk about the signings of uh, Hooger Bluger to the Edmonton Oilers and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, to give some people some insight, we're going to talk about Justin Williams. We're going to talk about um, Hockey Canada, LDS, and TSN, you know, extending their media rights and all that. Lee Sanderson has some stuff. Um, the All-Star jerseys continue to be garbage. Igor Shostorkin makes his NHL debut. Uh, I don't even have a read of the bye week because I've just been too upset. Um, I don't have the energy to do a pop quiz. Maybe I'll improvise on one. Then when it comes to the main segments, you know, there's the Leafs. You know, there's unfortunately the team that's in Quebec that's, you know, disappointing me more and more. And, of course, we're talking about Peter Aviolette being the newest coach fired. John Hines replacing him in Nashville. Lot to get to. Not really. <laughs> no, but we'll uh we got lots to talk about anyways. So should we start? Uh why? <laughs> it's gonna be a long episode for you. I don't know about that. <laughs> it feels like it's gonna be a long episode. Um I I feel like it's gonna be like I don't I don't think so. It's gonna be more that oh boy hello there we have a visitor my dog carrie hello that's the only good thing that's going to come out of this podcast today alex and ignore the noise because i live by a highway and there's a lot going on so yeah alex um before we get to the depression that is the montreal Canadiens, uh you know how we start the show the power hour the Carolina Hurricanes have uh, re-signed Justin Williams. I say re-signed because, yeah, he was up. <clears throat> you already knew this. Uh, I believe it was, what, seven hundred grand is the deal? Yeah, 700000 and uh, there's 1.3 in potential bonuses. I have the bonuses up if you'd like me to go through them. Yeah, because nothing gets my uh, fancy tickled quite like the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> Justin Williams. Career high, fifty-point player. Yeah, go on. Uh, a hundred fifty thousand for ten games played, a hundred thousand for twenty games played, two hundred fifty thousand if the team qualifies for the playoffs, a hundred thousand for each round in in uh in rounds one to three, two hundred fifty if they win the cup, and another two hundred fifty thousand if he wins the Conn Smythe. That's a that's that's a funny set of bonuses, isn't it? Yeah, but doesn't seem like any. Well, it doesn't seem surprising. Alex, if there's anyone I would bet to give a my trophy to, it would be Mister Game Seven himself. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it came out that uh, the Bruins. And, well, there were a couple teams that were in on him, including the Bruins and the Leafs. That's such a typical 
especially the the Leafs. I was surprised about, but it's so typical of the Bruins to uh, look for someone like Justin Williams. I uh, I actually didn't know about all that stuff. And the Carolina currently sit fourth in the Metropolitan Division, a good few points back of the Pens, but then they're uh, fighting for the wild card spot. Um, I just quickly bring this brings me to another thing about Carolina. Um, they're not having the season I thought they were going to. And we talked about them in goaltending a bit last season, but what do you think Justin Williams brings to that room, and how do you think he could affect them going forwards? For sure, he brings a whole lot of leadership in that room. Uh, we know, obviously, he's been there for quite how many years now? Um, as I pull it up, give me one second. He's been there for a while. Uh, and I think he like <laughs> it's obvious that he likes it there. Well, a cup there. He was uh, he was only there for two years, and but he started his career in Carolina. Um, in Philly, but, then to Carolina where he won a cup, but yeah. Okay, he had uh, quite a few. He was there for quite a while before he moved on to L.A. and then Washington. But he for sure brings a whole lot of leadership into a younger room, right? I mean, you have you obviously have Jordan Stahl. Who had, he, he's your captain, but then you have Aho, you have Teravainen, uh, Nina, uh, Nina and Dezingle, uh, Eric Halla. It just seems like it's a good addition to this team, and a team like Carolina is always probably looking for someone who can put the puck in the net, and it seems like Justin Williams can do that sometimes, especially in important games. Mm-hmm. Again, Mr. Game 7, of course, it's it's also nothing deal, 700k. They have an owner that was willing to spend money, as we all really got our eyes open with the Ajo offer sheet and all that. So, uh, yeah, good for Carolina. It's a, it's a low-risk move. It's just like it's just like the Kovalchuk signing. Yeah, which um, he's a, we'll get to Kovalchuk later. He's been good. He played one game. He's played two. He's played two? Yeah. Oh, I thought he played one. But yeah, um, I, I just quickly looked at the notes and see the questions you were for the Habs, and uh, yeah, great, really positive. But anyway, um, Alex, I look here and I see the other day that a TSN slash ADS and Hockey Canada have extended uh, the media rights to do the World Juniors, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's really weird. I've, I've always, of course, growing up, I've associated TSN with the World Juniors, and I, I, I'm happy that they will continue all that to stay there because I couldn't think. I love sports, but I just—it's just not the same. It seems it's—it would seem very weird. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear Jeff Merrick break down the World Juniors, but yeah, I'm perfectly fine with how it, things are. It—it's it, not a big deal. Just uh, re, just you know, move your camera, please. We didn't really talk yeah. about that, did we? Because we were recording as no. the game started. We were recording. Let me, let me ask. Well, it wasn't the camera. Well, yeah, it went. No, the the puck hit the camera. Yeah, but that doesn't make it the camera's fault. Yeah, it was. I, you know, that camera. You know. Hey, listen. There's a reason that no one came out and said that the camera wasn't in the right position. 
No one came out and said that. Therefore, the camera was in the correct position. That's yeah. not the camera's fault. Camera's a solid center and playing his position right in center ice, all that kind of stuff. Hey, you talk to the double uh, IHF and then you let me know what they tell you. But if I'm a Russian, I'm never giving an interview to TSN ever again. <laughs> well, it seems like you're going to have to if, if you're in the World Juniors. Well, Alex, thank God that uh, I am not, because uh, instead of playing hockey, I've spent my life, you know, playing The Witcher 3 all day, waiting for school to start. But uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> anyway, where, where was I? Yes. So, Lias Anderson, of course, we know requested a trade from New York Rangers, uh, former seventh overall pick, of course. Uh, you may know him, speaking of World Juniors, as the captain of Team Sweden, who threw his silver medal into the stands. That was 2017? Yeah, the year that uh, Victor Mete won gold with uh, Dominic Ducharme. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a, this again. It's a very sticky situation with Lias Anderson because it's like his number, his production in North America really isn't the greatest. They've also yo-yo um, with him. The same thing that happened with Jesse Puljujarvi. Yeah. <sighs> But the thing is, is again, who is going to take this on? Well, Alex, we talked about this right before the new year, and some things have changed around the league, but before that, would you like me to read some of Lyle Sanderson's comments? Sure. He has talked to, ladies and gentlemen, so this is uh, Lea Sanderson on the current situation. There's a few things he talks about here, but first of all, of course, quote, I'm suspended moving forward because of incidents I can't really talk about. Right now... I'm not doing too much except, sorry, watching hockey, end quote. And then new one, obviously I would like to be playing right now, but I'll talk about that at a later time. It was an untenable situation for me as a person. Now it feels good to be home and to be able to rest at home. So what do you make, before we go on to a bit more about what he's doing right now and his future with uh, the New York Rangers, what do you make of those comments? Well... There obviously something happened. I mean, that's uh, just in his first sentence alone. That's kind of what we're getting at here. He he was suspended, right? We we had a very sim we had a similar situation to this at the beginning of the year, right? With Josh Hosang uh, requesting a trade, uh, and he was sent down. He got he cleared waivers, and uh. Lou, Lou told him not to report to, um, I think, Bridgeport is the Islanders' AHL team. Yeah. So it's it, it's a similar situation, but it seems in this case something else has happened because they've suspended him without pay. Mm -hmm. Number he, he was sent down. He didn't report to the AHL team, which I believe is Hartford. Yes. But he was suspended. So there's obviously something bigger there than we know. You know what I'm being reminded of as I read this? What? Not only are Jesse Bully Harvey, but a <clears throat> little bit of the... And obviously this player actually had some good stints with his team uh, before there were some AHL shenanigans before being traded to Montreal. But I'm, I'm being reminded of the Jonathan Druin in Tampa Bay situation a little bit here. Why is that? Because it seems like a lot of stuff that, you know, 
he just wants to I there's the part of the quote obviously I want to be playing right now and the big thing that Jonathan Juden said through his agent Alan Walsh was remember if you remember a statement he made the key phrase was Jonathan just wants to play hockey and I right guess, and that's the statement here essentially yeah except but, he's saying it without an agent which probably isn't the smartest thing anyway and I think it's the thing is is what like I brought up before you started reading, is what is what are you going to get for Elias Anderson? Uh, I, you might get. What? I wonder. I wonder if. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. He's a seventh overall pick, and to be honest, it doesn't seem like he's really proved himself even in the AHL. He played thirty six games in the AHL last year, six goals. 20 points. The year before that, he played in the AHL as well, 25 games, 14 points. And it's not like his NHL numbers are impressive either. He played 2017-18. He played seven games in New York, two points. Uh, Last year, he played 42 games with the Rangers, six points. This year, 17 games with the Rangers, one point. So his AHL numbers and his NHL numbers really weren't that impressive Mm -hmm. and i get it he's still he's only 21 i fully understand that he's only 21 but you're a seventh overall pick and you want to play in the nhl you have to prove it somewhere and he hasn't proven even proven it in the ahl i wonder if because you, you you always know how i think and the NHL puts a lot more stock into, you know, you're playing junior and stuff like, like Alex DeBrincat. It seems to be there was some sort of attitude issue or something because he was never selected to the World Juniors, uh, despite. I thought it was his size. I well, thought that was a big factor as well. Well, even if you want to say that, there's also the issue of Ryan <clears throat> Berkeley. And what I wonder is, and I, this could just be me just picking something out the air, is maybe there's even more reluctancy to pick him up because of what happened with the World Juniors. Because let's maybe. be honest, throwing your silver medal, I thought it was, I think it's like, I love the spunk of the kid there, but <clears throat> excuse me, you also know that a lot of people didn't see it that way in Hockey Canada especially, are really a bunch of, you know, Silly old men. You know what? You know another thing. You brought up Alex De- Alex DeBrincat, so I put pulled up his numbers, and I honestly I don't know how to compare the Swedish uh, junior leagues to the the OHL. But DeBrincat had he played two year uh three years in the OHL for the Erie Otters. All three years he had over a hundred points. 68 games, 104 points. 60 games, 101 points. 63 games, 127 points. Like, see, at least he's proven himself that say, yes, like, I'm going to put up these points. Therefore, okay, bring me in the NHL. First year in the NHL, 52 points in 82 games. That doesn't seem too bad, considering he was he was a second-round pick. And then proved himself again, 76 points in 82 games. And then this year, he's kind of slowed down a little bit, uh, 30 points in 44 games so far. 
that's where I come at with the situation. Obviously, yes, if he's a professional hockey player, of course he wants to play hockey. But he got he has to prove himself somewhere before he says, I need to play NHL minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, he could be put in the absolute worst situations. That could be a, a possible reason why he's not putting up points in the NHL. But he's also not putting up a lot, a whole lot of points in the AHL too. It's not like it doesn't seem like he's dominating the AHL. Yeah, and just to your, you said earlier about comparing like the different leagues. Um, just the OHL, it's teenagers. I think the oldest you can be is twenty-one. When in a lot of the European leagues, especially Finland and Sweden, you're playing against men. But at the same time, coming over to North American ice can be a bit of a problem for some players. And I well, guess no, they understand. I meant- Sorry, I meant Swedish, like the junior junior Sweden league, Swedish leagues. Is that where he played? Uh, he played so he in his draft year he played forty two games in the SHL, which is the this top Swedish league, and he had uh for in forty two games he had nineteen points. Okay. God. But he right he's playing against men. Yeah, but no. He- no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. You want me to read some of his other comments here? Is there anything of uh, consequence? I'd say just to paraphrase, he brings up Juan just wanting to play again. Um, talks about his contract lasting another year, but I think the biggest thing I notice is he starts talking about quote, "It's good to be back home again. I need it as a human. It feels good and safe to be home and to rest my head." And my body, end quote. So that I, I, I see that, and I, just more and more comparisons to Yessi Pugliarvi. Right. Maybe it yeah. is the best thing for Elias Sanderson to go home and just play in Sweden or whatever for a few. Like, sorry, for the rest of the season, maybe even another. I one. don't know. If, I don't know if he can play in Sweden. I don't know if he has a year. If they can loan him to loan him to the to the SHL. Well. I don't know then. I, it's it's going to be interesting. We'll see. It, it's it's a story that will develop over time. Exactly. For sure. We'll find a lot more, get a lot more information, I'm assuming, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, another really little interesting tidbit uh, here. Sorry, not tidbit. Um, Alex, I want to ask you, when was the last time the All-Star game had good jerseys? I don't remember. None of you. <laughs> Earlier today, uh, the All Star jerseys got loaded up today. I think Mark Dumont put the best that up. He said, to paraphrase, these jerseys would look re- would look really good when they finished rendering. <laughs> like, it looks like they started on the design, and you know it was looking really good so far. But I don't. They just haven't finished it. They had good jerseys when you know when they they had East versus West and they'd always be red red one would be red one would be blue. Yes, so that's when the jerseys were good. The remember the green ones in Columbus. The green, yes, those were okay, but uh, I don't know. They were okay. I mean, it could have been much worse. I'm not a big fan of green in hockey. Really not. But. Yeah. But anyway, All-Star Game, I don't really think there's been any more news when it comes to replacements in that, but they, I still don't think they still haven't replaced Jake Gensel. Uh, 
Darcy Kemper should be back by the time the game happens, right? I believe so. Mm, interesting. Again, I don't really care, but at the same time, you know, what are you going to do? But Alex, let's talk about some goalies, eh? Yeah. Talk about a New York Ranger elite prospect goalie. So, <clears throat> Igor Shishkorkin. I know I didn't say that right because, you know. Shishkorkin, Shishkorkin. Yeah. <laughs> Makes his uh, NHL debut against the Colorado Avalanche, and he wins. Yeah, he was called up uh, a couple days ago. He's been playing in the AHL, uh, 23 games, 15-4-3, uh, 9-3-2 save percentage, and a 1.93 goals against average. Can I give I, you some perspective on how good those numbers are? I think he's good. He's he's amazing. He's so above that league, it's hilarious. And he's been playing in the – so. It, he's been playing it full time basically in the KHL since sixteen seventeen, and he hasn't had a save percentage below nine thirty three. Uh, uh, man, all right. For some perspective here, I'm gonna quickly get up Andre Vasilevsky because the last goalie I remember having a save percentage above nine thirty was the year Carey Price won everything. So I want to quickly find if Vasilevsky because that is um to give you perspective, Carey Price had a 933 save percentage the year he won the heart and his goals against average was just under that. Even when Vasilevsky won his Vesna, he was only a 925. That's Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. I so, and and to put that in I guess perspective, when it comes to New York, they have three starting goalies. Uh, they have Henrik Lundqvist, who, you're not trading. who's you're not trading, and he's under contract until next year, next season. Uh, yeah, he has this year and next year. You have uh, Georgiev, who I'm not necessarily sure he's a, a full blown starter. He he plays 60 games a year, but he's one of those guys you can have uh, like a Hudobin or a Halak. Or Thomas Grice, who can still play 30 games and do well. And you have Igor Shosturkin, who essentially could probably replace uh, Lundqvist at some point. So let me ask you this. Because when I first saw him got called up, the first thing I did was check Rangers Twitter. And it was oh my, it was the, the, the office gift of Michael Scott saying, oh my god, it's happening. How yeah. much longer do you think until your boy... Is uh, God? I I can't. I just I'm having total brain fart, and we just talked about him. Oh my God, Georgiev. Until Alex Georgiev has moved, I'm so sorry. It's listen. They're in such a weird situation uh, because they have three goalies, right? They have Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Shosturkin. You know, Georgiev and Shosturkin for sure are your future. But it's a matter of what you do with Henrik Lundqvist, I think, at this point. And he has a capital of eight and a half for this year and next year. Uh, Georgiev's an RFA arbitration eligible at the end of this year. And Shosturkin is an RFA at the end of next season. So you can move, you can move Georgiev. No big deal. 
but th- then you you're in another situation now you need another you need another guy yeah well i mean what like what do you do because now gorgiev i believe is now waiver eligible i believe so yes you you can't trade Henrik like you you just can't, like forget about the logistics of his contract. You can't trade Henrik Lundqvist. Oh man, that's such a sticky situation. Because you know, if Lundqvist's deal was up at the end of the year, I say okay, let Shesterkin uh, ride out the rest of the year in the AHL. Bring him up if you want to play him. Uh, every once in a while and then don't re-sign Lundqvist or he'll probably retire but the fact that you have Lundqvist this year and next year makes the situation a little more sticky oh I I don't I don't know what the Rangers do listen I take your give right now say hey listen we need a backup goalie I know Michael Hutchinson has been decent lately but Justin Bourne always oh, has literally been saying, he goes, uh, don't forget the first start. Don't forget the start of the season with Michael Hutchinson and how how poor it was. So I, I'm I, I'm assuming as a Leafs fan, I'm still looking for back some type of backup goalie better than uh, Hutchinson, and I think Georgiev could be a potential option. But then again, you ask. I, I wonder if there's because obviously the talk has been no one's going to help Toronto find a backup. But you wonder if now that kind of the, it balances it balances itself out with will the Rangers have to make a move now? Right. Yeah, they do. They had to make some type of move, but we'll see. Hey, we will. Uh, anyway, Alex, what is your read of the bye week? Okay, since and I know it's still January eighth, but. The trade deadline is approaching, and hopefully we're going to see some tr- some trades. This is from Craig Custance of The Athletic, obviously. Uh, it's the NHL uh, trade big board, 27 players who could move before the deadline. And guess who number one on the list is? Who? Chris Kreider. Yeah, he's pretty good when he's not taking out goalies and costing you Stanley Cup. Exactly. So, Alex, from my read of the bye week, I'd like to read it to you quickly. Okay. It is called, uh, this is Sonnet 130 from Shakespeare. My mistress's eyes are nothing like the sun. Coral is far more red than her lips is red. If snow be white, why then her breasts are done. If hairs be wires, black and wires grow on her head. I have seen roses danced red and white, but no such roses see I in her cheeks. And in some perfumes is there more delight than in the breath that my mistress reeks. I love to hear her speak, yet well I know that both music hath a far more pleasant sound. I, I grant I never saw a goddess go, my mistress, when she walks, treads on the ground. And yet by heaven, I think my loves are rare, as any she believed with false compare. Now, Alex, what that poem talks about is he Shakespeare loves this woman. She may not be the most attractive, but he still loves her. And the Montreal Canadiens, Alex, they may not be perfect, but I still love them. 
So that is my read of the bye week, a, t- a sonnet by William Shakespeare. That was beautiful. Thank you. I butchered speaking it, but anyway, Alex. Now, Alex, I'd like to read you some questions because we're having a pop quiz. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, what are they about? Are they hockey-related or Star Wars-related? This will be a Star Wars-related quiz. I have oh, not seen... Oh, I have not. I have. I have not seen. Uh, of course, I haven't seen the movie yet. I still haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. But I have. I know enough about Star Wars to be. <laughs> in- so, Alex, you know the normal format. You need five points to win. Questions one through four worth one point. The last question is worth five. So you really only need to hit question five right. But why not try anyway? Because I think you're trying to throw the game. You're disqualified. Question number one, Alex. Name me four members of the Jedi Council. Uh, Yoda. Good. One. Master Windu. Mm-hmm. Good old Mace. Samuel Jackson. He, um, he's Mace Windu, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, good old Obi-Wan. So, they're part of the council, right? They're not technically Jedi uh, Masters, right? I, you know, it's really funny. I watched episode three earlier today, so I will accept your answer if you're going with who I think a- is. A- Anakin Skywalker? Yes, of course. Okay. Okay, I'm just... questions, yeah, because he's technically on it for like a few. I was gonna say I was gonna for like a few days. Until <laughs> of course, I would have accepted Plo Koon, Kiadi Mundi, Kit Fisto, all those guys. But hey, Alex, I want you to name me six Sith. Six Sith. Yeah. Okay. Ky- Does Kylo Ren count as a Sith? I, I didn't know. Well, see, I remember I've not seen the last episode, but so I know what happens. But you tell me, and then I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong at the end of the question. Just be careful, though. No, but does is part so people in seven episode seven to nine who are on the bad side, those are still considered Sith. No, no, uh, no, no. They're oh, not. Okay, you notice how like Maul and that all have Darth in their name, like Darth Maul, Darth Sidious. Okay, okay, Darth okay. Tyrant. Yeah, Those fine. are Sith, all right. People okay, are... okay. I just want to be clear. Okay, yeah, so Darth gave, Vader. Yeah, I just gave you like three. Damn. Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, Darth Sidious. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, Darth Maul. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, I know there's a guy like Darth Plagueis or something. I'll take Darth Plagueis. He was Sidious's master. Um. Oh my god. I will take because some of them I know have two names. So if you can remember one of their names, I'll take it. Come on. Uh, I know as soon as you say it, I'm gonna know exactly who it is. I ha- I have four, right? You yeah you have four you have Vader. Oh, uh, is General Grievous technically Sith? No, Alex. I'll give you one more try. Uh, how about how about Count Dooku? Yeah, Count Dooku will work. Or Darth Tyrannus is his Sith oh, name. Yeah, Count, I'll, I'll take oh, Count Dooku, Dooku though. Okay, you have one okay. more try to get one more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, Alex, uh, I would have taken Darth Revan. There's a lot, but the people, the one that people know the most is Darth Revan. So. Is now, he in the uh, is he in the movies? Um, I think they're making a trilogy, like the new one that they're going to make. That's like years, years, years before the current ones. Are yeah. there? It's going to be about Revan, apparently. But um, if uh, if they're not in the movies, I won't know them. I'm not that into Star Wars as you. Well, I know. We'll try harder, Alex. I'm trying. <laughs> you know, we'll just go to three questions today because you know 
Because uh, I've been doing so well. Yeah, of course. Uh, I want you to name me three clone troopers. Or commanders or whatever. Does Django Fett count? No, no. Oh. You know what? Name me three bounty hunters. Why not? Django, yeah. Uh, Django Fett, Boba Fett. Yeah. And I don't know. Cad Bane, Han Solo for a bit, Greedo. Han Solo, how does I didn't know Han Solo counted? The Mandalorian too. I would have taken Mando. Oh my god. Okay, okay. I lost. I get it. Yeah, I don't think you won a quiz yet, have you? No, I won one. Which really did you? I don't remember which. Oh one. no, you beat Alec. You beat Daniel, who was yet to come back on the show. <laughs> I be dead. I be dead. Yeah. So I want you. I'm gonna read you some stats. I want you to tell me who this team is. They rank ninth in goals for, twenty third in goals against, twenty third power play, twenty ninth penalty kill, and twenty third when it comes to penalty minutes. Uh, the Nashville Predators. They are indeed the Nashville Predators, who have just fired head coach Peter Laviolette and have hired John Hines as his replacement. I thought that was an interesting hire. And I know a lot of people. I sent you a meme uh, from Yahoo Sports, and they're just tossing around water bottles. And the meme was uh, NHL teams uh, giving each other uh, head coaches. And, And I thought that this one was a little bit different because John, I don't necessarily think of John Hines as part of that specific group of people he wouldn't get hired in some places because he didn't have a deep enough voice i'm not joking by the way people (laughs) i didn't know that but i believe you yeah i thought it was a really interesting hire because after he got fired from the devils uh i believe they're talking about on the staff and graph podcast and they were very high on john hines as a coach it just seemed that the team that was there just didn't work out. I mean, I don't. I refuse to give John Hines any crap for a team that. Okay, so Jack Hughes probably wasn't as good as people thought he was going to be. PK Subban is a ghost of himself, and you don't have goaltending. I right. mean, he's now going to a Nashville team who, by the way, lost in his first game coaching them. But, and uh, don't have goaltending. Yeah, exactly. Don't have any goaltending. By the way, um, Peter Laviolette's associate coach. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is also relieved of duties uh, with him. So, You know what I find a lit funny with the Nashville Predators is they've been looking for a, a, a second, essentially, a, se- a second-line center for many years now. See, it's, it's funny you talk about this because I was looking at Nashville earlier. Um, Kyle Turris has 17 points so far. He's it's not he, he's he's having a much better year than last year. But you know, Matthew Shane, guess how many goals Matthew Shane has? He has nine goals. I I have sorry, I have the stats up. I wasn't guessing. He has nine. <sighs> okay, well, okay, never mind then. Well, then there goes what I was gonna do. All right, Alex, then you you tell me what's wrong with Nashville. Then? Uh, they <laughs> a lot of their scoring is coming from their defense. And Philip Forsberg. That's and Philip Forsberg. That seems like an issue. Mm-hmm. Roman Yossi leads him in points, which is, is amazing, but... That's by 15. Fifth by 15. <laughs> Philip Forsberg 
has 30 points. 30 points. He is on pace for 30 goals, so you can excuse Philip Forsberg, but... I, I can't excuse the rest of the team. Well, and, well, I, and, and it seems like Matt Duchesne was their third try in back, back to what I was saying was their third try in getting a second line center. They brought in Nick Bonino on that contract after he won uh, a cup with Pittsburgh. Then they, br- Bonino, Bonino, Bonino. then they brought in Kyle Turris and signed him to a six year extension. <laughs> that didn't work out. And now they brought in Matt Duchesne. Yes. Who has 29 points in 39 games this year. And that's supposed to be a killer one-two of Ryan Johansson and Matthew Shane, but it, it and listen, it obviously it doesn't stop at the forwards. It heavily, it's a big. There's a big. It's awful with the goalies. Neither of them have a save percentage above nine hundred. You know oh, what I find? Of 900. You know what's weird? Is this... Is Pecorine finally done? He might. He might be done. But, I, yeah. He might. He's he's, he's the, signed a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. So he'll be done next year. Correct. Yeah, and he'll be he'll be done done. Oh, he'll be done done by that time, I think, for sure. It's not a matter. I just don't think he's going to be good enough. And it's weird because you go you'll go look at last year. He had a nine eighteen save percentage, two point four two goals against average in fifty six games, and then he kind of messed he. Yeah, it kind of went downhill in the playoffs where he had 905 and a uh, goals against average of 3.09. So the thing I look at with this team is it is was it the goalies that were the problem or was it that they weren't scoring enough? And Jeff Merrick always says, go look at a coach that's gone fired. You'll find bad goalies nine out of ten times. Again, they're ninth for goals for it. I think right now it's roster construction. Roster construction in what way? I mean, Ryan Johansson was not going to be your saving. You gave us Seth Jones here, and look what that's turned into. Uh, Unfortunately, thank God, like PK, they dodged a little bit of a bullet there. But I mean, they're still employing damn Hanhus. I cannot believe. They have Jared Tenorti, who's somehow playing games. He only played four, but he still played the other day. Matt Irwin still has a job for them. They still they employ Austin Watson, which I'm you know, I've made mm-hmm. I mean they brought in Mikhail Granley. He's been a bit of a disappointment. Kyle Turris, we always knew was a second line center on a fantastic team. Nothing more, and they brought him in and instantly gave him that deal. I mean, they've had some great contracts like to Victor Arvidsson and all those guys. At the time, we thought the Rene deal was really good, the um, the two-year extension. But, I mean, Rocco Grimaldi, he well, had- Colton Sissons and Ryan Ellis are both on the IR. 
Yeah. I, so, I, so you throw those guys in. Ryan Ellis has played 39 games, so he's only missed two or three games. Yeah. That's not – that's not – I'm sorry, but that's – Ryan Ellis oh, been for a few for games. Sure. If he's gone long-term, that's an issue, but at the time it's gone, I don't think – Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, I think it, things just did not go as planned. And I feel bad for John Hines. We 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 joked about it earlier, but yeah, he's he, he's basically into a situation where, yeah, he has a bit more talent now. Well, no, a lot more talent when you look at New Jersey, but he still his goaltending is probably even worse. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know about if it's worse. The thing is with Pekka Rene is, and let me pull his stats up quickly, is that we've talked about him before. He's on or off. He's either very on or he's very off. He's 37, Alex. He's been off before, but his lowest save percentage, I'm, I'm looking here, has been a 902 in 24 games. Here he is, 26, and he's at an 894. 3.06 goals against. Like, come on. Oh, for... Yeah. Well, they have to figure their goaltending out, and apparently uh, David Poyle is impatient, so he fired the coach. I would imagine he's looking to bring someone in. Well, David Poyle, I think, has been their GM since, oh, God, when? Forever. I think he's the longest-serving GM in the the league. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm looking here. He's 69 years old right now. Nice. He was the general manager of Nashville from 1998. Wow. Which is, um, I mean, it tells you how must be. By the way, the Nashville Predators came into the league. Great question here. I'm That's sorry. In 1998. Yeah, so he's been their only GM. Yes. And that's the fourth coach, I believe. Third or fourth. I, I believe it's the fourth, though. Which is impressive, by the way, that they've only needed that. But then again, what have they won? It was the third coach in President's franchise history. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at all, all the coaches that have been fired. So I think, okay, Laviolette, poor goaltending. DeBoer, goaltending. Hines, goaltending. We don't need to bring up Bobcock because that was just a complete you – know, just a, the team that was built for him. So the, the team that was built by the – was team, not for him. No, exactly. So uh, I, I just – I don't know if Nashville, and I talked about last episode, how they were my biggest disappointment of the season so far. I don't really see how this helps them. Because it's not the coaching that I see as a problem. It's really just your goaltending. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to have to make a move, uh, whether he likes it or not. And I, and I, I think what David Poyle was kind of banking on was UC Soros. I think a lot of people expected him to be a lot better than he was because last year he had a 9.15 save percentage at 31 games. The year before, 9.25 save percentage in 26 games. The year before that, 9.23 save percentage in 21 games. It's not like he's been disappointing. And I I think this kind of just came out of nowhere for UC Soros. He's 24. Obviously, goalies do have their off years. This could be an off year for Soros. I doubt 
based on his age and based on his past, it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. Even in the AHL, he's put up decent numbers. I find it hard to believe. I think that's what David Poyo has been banking on in UC Soros to give start giving UC Soros more games while Pekka Rene slows down. Uh, just thought you'd be interested to know this. Um, Pekka Rene has a modif- modif- modified no trade, no move clause, uh, 10 team list. Isn't more- he the only player on that team with, with that? Uh, right now, next year, Roman Yossi will get one. Does Matt Duchesne not have one? Uh, I'm looking. Matt Duchesne does not have one. Except the last three years, he has a modified no trade clause. Does he? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like Weber didn't even have one in his deal. So it's, uh, yeah. But, you know, also, uh, I'm just quickly looking at it. I see that both Craig Smith and Mikael Granlin, about $10 million between those guys. They're both UFAs. So maybe you could put them together for a giant move. I mean, $10 million is a lot of money. And they're going to have to because without those guys, they only have 1.9 in cap space. So. The thing with Mikhail Granlin is he came in last year when he got traded from from Minnesota for Kevin Fiala, and his we kid were the same day. Pardon? And his kid was born the same day. And he and he had a good rest of the season for the Nashville Predators. He had, uh, he, had, <laughs> never mind. He had five points in sixteen games, but it looked he. Everyone was talking about him as if he was looking good in in Nashville. And, uh, oh, the Nashville Predators for sure won that deal. I still think they did. Oh, probably. It's just if he is, – is, are they going to resign – are they going to bring him back if this – if depending on how he finishes out the year? And right now, I'd guess no. You also have to think if maybe they'd they'd sell at the deadline if things don't turn around. You can get a pretty penny for that guy. You can play center. That's for sure a possibility. For sure a possibility. They have their first round pick. And it seems like the type of draft for, yeah, sure, you know what? Fall as much as you can. Pick up a really good prospect. You can for sure get something for Grandland. That's pretty much the only guy you're getting anything for who isn't signed long term. Do you look at trading Nick Medino? Uh, probably not. I think someone would take him. Yeah, is the thing with this team is their set is their center depth that they it seems like they've been trying to deal with forever. Right now, it's Johansson, Duchesne, Benino, Kyle Turris. You know what? I want to look up their drafting history because um, you know who's a name? They had a prospect. I can't remember his name. Uh, a really highly touted guy, though. Played in the KHL. And I think he was playing some time then after that in the... Oh, I, I can't even remember. In the AHL. I, I, the, the guy's name escapes me. But he was taught this really highly touted guy in Nashville. And I'm thinking to myself now, who was oh, the last? Uh, Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah, Ellie, yeah, to- yeah. Ellie Tolvanen. And think about where's he now? And I can't remember the last amazing player that the Nashville Predators drafted and developed. Yeah, Ellie Tolvanen, 15 points in, thir- in 36 games played with the Milwaukee Admirals. 
His only player that combined seven games for Nashville had two points in them. Not terrible, but um, yeah. I mean, let me let me read you some some of the guys they've drafted here um, over the past few years, going back to 2014. Fiala traded. What's really gone on there? Vlasov Kamenev was traded in the Duchesne deal. Victor Arvidsson, all right, good little player there. Um, Alexander Carrier, who's played three games. Anthony Richard, who's played two games. Yakov Tredin, nine games. Going to 2016, Gerard, they traded in the deal. Rem Petlick, who's played one game. Dante Fabro, okay. Then you go to 17, the only one who's played has been Ellie Tolvanen. 18, of course. And then 18, 19, you don't really bring anyone up. But in the past, like, three drafts, they've only really hit on two players, and the rest of them they've traded away. For players like do shit for sorry for players they've either traded away, like your Sam Gerrards for Kyle Turris and just hasn't worked out for them. So yeah, well again I think you have to do drafting and development, having those young cheap pieces to build around. And again, you know, draft and develop a center is a hash, and I can tell you, you know, that's pretty important. I think there's also a lot of hate that needs to go. Sorry, not hate, but a lot of criticism that needs to go to David Boyle. Oh, for sure. Do you think David Poyles, if let's say the National Predators don't make the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. is he on the hot seat? I think so. I mean, he's been there how long? You think he has to be on the hot I don't think he's the guy. You know, you give a guy one, give a guy a chance to rebuild. But I feel like he's had multiple chance. Not maybe not multiple chance. He's for sure had one chance. He started the organize. He was there at the start of the organization. He's had twenty years to win a cup, dude. Twenty years, and he hasn't done it. You think? Yeah, he's he'd be on the hot seat, for sure. Shall we move on? Well, before we move on, what do you think is next for Peter Laviolette? Oh, see, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I would, I would, I would assume he gets picked up really quickly, or when the season's done, he'll get hired right away. Depending on, I saw there was an athletic article talking to him about his career and the firing. I haven't read it yet, so I don't know whether he wants to go back into the league right away. But of the teams that currently have interim coaches, which are Calgary, New Jersey, Dallas, uh. Which other teams have? Oh my god! San Jose. San Jose. What team could you see him going to? I really like the sound of Calgary. I don't know why, because Jeff Warren. I mean, you know, all credit to him. He was in a like what a situation in Calgary to take over from. But I think of all of them, actually, they were the most like they gave everyone else the interim tag, but they didn't give it to Jeff Ward. They just kind of said he's taking over duties, but they didn't officially give him the tag. So, I mean, I don't even think not, uh, the New Jersey Devils are going to have a general manager by the end of the year, much less a coach. So I, I think they're a bit too unpredictable. But, uh, Calgary makes sense to me. It says he he was given... Uh, interim head coach status. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think Calgary is an option. I wonder if he goes out west or stays out west. Sorry. You look at a team like Dallas. I, I feel like that might be a potential 
a team that could look for at Peter Laviolette. Sorry, say that again. You cut out a bit. Dallas. Dallas. Oh, I mean, you're just. Well, if I think if it's with Dallas, they seem to really like. Again, it was so many with coaches. I always forget their names. Um, I think they're going to give their guy a chance there. Rick Sounds Bo- like everyone Rick, likes him. And Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus, yeah. So I, um, Nash, uh, Dallas. I don't know. You know, I don't know what it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back Jim Montgomery after, because of course he's checked himself into a program by the sound. We didn't talk about his statement, but he's. It seems like, of course, we talked about him getting help and how he's he apologized and all that. Unlike a lot of coaches, you haven't. So I, I, I would say that. I wouldn't. Be, I. I don't know about Dallas. It seems to be like he, like the style that he's played. You know, you've had an Arvidsson and that you, you know, this year with Duchesne that maybe he likes the faster players. And I mean, Dallas. I've never really thought of them as the speedy team. They're more of like they use their size on you. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think San Jose would be an option for him though. I don't know why I'm not that would be. A, you're thinking San Jose. I don't know. I I don't know. Like they just didn't even come. Like you know, you bring up Dallas and I like I entertain it, but the I don't know what it is about San Jose. Maybe they want to get Bootner a shot concerning he was an assistant before he left for uh, Florida. But well, you're talking about he, teams that are slow, right? You were talking about Dallas, who tend to use their size more. You're, it, oh yeah. <laughs> what is San Jose? Uh, old, old and I I don't want to call them slow, but. They're slowing down. I think that's the best way to put it. Their probably most dynamic skater is one bad ankle injury away from being done. So, Are you talking about Eric Carlson? I am. Oh, I'm my not- God. Oh, my God. But, hey, um, so you went to the Leafs game the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I went to see the Leafs uh, play the Oilers, and you got some nasty texts from me. Oh yeah, I don't want to get into I don't want to get into it that part, but I probably got to see the best goal scored at the Scotiabank Arena, like that building, the Air Canada Center slash Scotiabank Arena. Did you stand up to congratulate Connor McDavid? I did. I honestly did. Really, I'm happy to hear that. I did. I had a guy in front of me. uh, Have you seen Wayne's World? No. Okay, have you ever seen the gif of We're Not Worthy? Yes. Okay, so I there was a guy in front of me uh, doing that. Like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. It was so funny. I remember but, when they first put the camera onto the crowd, I saw Lee's fans standing up. But, I mean, oh, that was... Uh... You mean future Leafs captain Connor McDavid? <laughs> Do you remember the the goal Alex Barkov scored against the Habs last year when he beat Mete for a puck, then put it between his legs and roofed it on Price? Yeah, I remember when he scored that. I was watching the game and I just stood up and said, "I'm not even mad." <laughs> you can't be like it's so nice. It's like I can't even be mad at that. Now, there are a lot of like Leafs jokes and sixty sevens and that, but I remember seeing a joke like it was. Riley's jockstrap <laughs> is the first thing that's been hung up in um, for the Leafs since 67. I thought that was hilarious and true. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that, you know, retired jerseys and stuff. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Alex, couple, don't even try and make a comeback for that. And a couple, a couple Raptors things here or there. 
No, yeah, no, they didn't win. No, that's okay. No big deal. The Leafs have been. I'm, I'm guessing you're not that upset about the loss because the Leafs have been. Um, haven't really talked about it. Probably the best team in the league. Yeah, they've been pretty good. Well, we we were off for two weeks and so oh, they. Like they were pretty doing good, really pretty good. Matthews has like twenty goals since Keith took over. You know, no big deal. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been pretty good lately. Your Nealander's got like fourteen points in like seven games, whatever. But apparently, he still needs to be traded. Um, no, they they've done pretty well. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you they're perfect, but I'm not gonna sit here and tell you they're awful. Like, I know there's a lot of people who will tell you how spectacular they are. Um. But they they've been pretty they've done pretty well. Obviously, they're gonna regress a little bit. Like at the end of the day, I, and I think we talked about before uh, when I said Sheldon Keefe should be uh, should win the Jack Adams, and you said a, a coach won't win the Jack Adams if he if he brings his team to back to expectations. And I think for the last little bit, they've been past expectations. Like they've been doing so well, whereas now they're going to get hit back to normal. And I think Monday night was kind of just the start, especially with their defense. And I know they're missing Jake Muzzin, which is a huge piece. And honestly, I know it's it's kind of divided whether uh, Sandine should come up and play because how much better is Sandine than some of the players that are playing. I'd argue he's much better than Martin Marincin. I don't mean to take away, because I, I, I don't know why. I, this is, I, I'm really cutting away here, Alex, but we need to talk about this. What the hell is all this stuff of Sandine versus Romanov all of a sudden? I even know who started it. I don't care. They're both good defensive prospects. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to get into an argument about okay. it because, right. the, because the thing is, I don't know. I don't know much about Rom- Romanov because I haven't looked into Romanov. Like, obviously I watched him play with, with Russia during the world juniors um, against Canada twice. Uh, and then I guess in a couple other games, but I don't know who's better, who's not. Like I just know Sandine is really freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> um I think to put Sandine in Marinson's role, the role that he's playing right now, which on Monday was the shutdown pair playing against Connor McDavid, probably would have been the worst idea. Uh going forward, I still think if Keith decides that Hall Marinson is your is your kind of shutdown role until Muzzin comes back. I don't think that's the best idea. If you want to play Sandine with, I guess, CC and have Travis Dermott be part of your shutdown role, I wouldn't mind that. I don't think CC's the best partner for him. So I I, I guess I'm making the case that we re- that Sandine shouldn't be brought up. Uh, Say, I think he needs to give a bit more respect to my boy, uh, Magic Hand Marty. No, I'm sorry, he's awful. <laughs> he's awful. Uh, and and I know I don't like I don't like crapping on players a whole lot on the Leafs because I love them all. Like I love Cody Cece, but I'll tell you, Cody Cece isn't good. Um, Barm, I can't I can't do it, especially in the role that Keith has him in or had him in on Monday, it really is not working. 
Well, it really isn't working. It's just when he he's going for a puck. When he has it's when puck. he's doing anything. To be honest, uh, I, I guarantee you, McDavid just went past him f- at least like five to ten times that game. When David saw he was going against Murray. He was like, "All right, time to go beat Settlers' record tonight." Honestly, I think he had four points. Mm-hmm. I think that's the second time McDavid has been in the Leafs. What is it with star players and ripping apart the Habs and the Leafs? Um, McDavid, McDavid's first game against the Habs, I think he had four assists. You know what the thing is? Is the be- the funniest thing is when Oilers fans wants to rip on the Le- Oilers fans wants to rip on the Leafs and they go, "Oh, the Oilers are better than the Leafs." I'm like, "Man, have you looked at the standings?" Why like, have you just looked at the standings? Why don't you tell the listeners about the fans that were next to you? I don't even remember what they said. I try to get that stuff out of my head, but let me go to our texts. It was bad. Like, it, honestly, they just wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> they wouldn't stop talking. Um, they, Some guy, he just, just been like, he was really just crapping on the Leafs. Because it was three at that point, it was three nothing. Freddie wasn't having a good game. Uh, the Leafs weren't having a good game. I go, hit. <laughs> I texted. I texted you. I'm like, man, this team has literally been crapping on the best player in the world since the day he entered the league. They had how many hundred point players did they have last year? Two. How many playoff games did they have last year? Zero. The same, Zero. The same amount of, uh, of playoff wins as the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't, know, I don't know why I have to tear that in there. <laughs> why you got to tear into these guys? Talk, talk, talk to me about Freddie Anderson because, uh, you know, you texted me before that game and you had a bit of a rough, rough stretch there. She had a weird stretch, but I think – Edmonton's game. I went back. I watched the highlights of the goals. I wouldn't necessarily blame all of them on Friday. I think of of all of them, one of them he he should have had. To be honest, that game, it was really just the entire team in front of him. And I think Shel- Sheldon Keith came out after the game and said, "Listen, I don't want. I didn't want Freddie playing in front of that because he he said literally." Within the first period and then the like a minute into the second period, he literally faced like a sh- uh, a full game of chances. Mm-hmm. And you know we're trying to quote unquote load manage with Freddie, and you're just he's just getting shelled. And at point. Saying, wow, he just pulled our goalie. And obviously, Freddie was not happy. Uh, his reaction on the bench, he was pissed off. But he came out after and he's like, listen, I'm not pissed off at uh, Keith. It, it was just the entire situation. I think, listen, every goalie isn't going to be a hun- play 100% the entire season. And we've seen years in past where Freddie's had on like a full month of playing poorly. I haven't seen that full month yet i've seen it at parts of the season i think freddie will get back on track he's playing tonight against winnipeg we'll see what happens mm. speaking of which, i think the oilers play montreal tonight so uh hopefully we fare a bit better against Connor mcdavid even though uh 
I can't wait to see him fly by. As you know, because last time they played the Oilers, I think McDavid just made a night out of humiliating Shea Weber. So that'll be fun. <clears throat> now we have to get to the one thing I know you don't want to talk about. Right, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. You don't get off so easy. Enjoy this episode of the podcast. You don't get off so easy. Well, let me tell you what's awesome, Alex. If you go to Hockey DB, Ilya Kovalchuk has three assists in two games as a Montreal Canadian. You know? That's that's great. That's really good. That's all we need to talk about. Uh, the season is over. Put your hands in the air for Lafreniere. Okay, so talk to me about that because you sent me a text last night. I didn't get a chance to catch the Montreal game. Yeah, good for uh, you. They played Detroit, lost 4-3. to three. What happened last night? Do you know who got the game winner? Who? Uh, it was Philip Zadina. Oh, that was a punch in the face. Yeah. Oh, go, go fill their pucks with net. Yeah, I get it. Thanks, Philip. Great. I love it so much. Congratulations. You're on the worst team in the league. <clears throat> Read this from Dmitry Filipovich. God damn it. <clears throat> 27.3% of the Detroit Red Wings' total wins this season have been against the Montreal Canadiens. That's not good. So, uh, Alex, uh, what do you want me to say about this? What do you want me to well, say? Well, I want to know what. Okay, so I have a couple things. Obviously, the team has quite a few injuries, right? Jonathan Druin, uh, still injured. Gallagher yep. is injured. Yep. Byron's injured. Armia's injured. And then it says here Matthew Peck is injured. I don't know if that's a big injury, but. Yeah, he's no, no. Okay. Love him. So four those four players are injured. And we've taught we've talked about it in the past that these injuries were pretty big considering the way scoring goes around in Montreal. But I'm not gonna sit here and blame the coach. Uh I'm not gonna necessarily sit here and blame the players, but oh. there's one person in particular that I I could blame. Yeah, I, I think you could. And it's the GM. <laughs> and we talked and I know we talked about it last week. You bring in Marco Scandella and Ilya Kovalchuk, uh low risk moves. All you had to literally give up was a fourth round pick. But you have the cap space and the assets to give up to bring in a high impact player. Now, I understand you're not going to go after someone like Taylor Hall because that's going to cost you a whole bunch of assets, uh, probably something that I can guarantee that based on the past, Mark Bergeron's not giving up. But go out there and look at someone like Tyler Toffoli. You're telling me you wouldn't want Tyler Toffoli? I'd love Tyler Toffoli. So what, honestly, what do you think it's going to take to get Tyler Toffoli? Uh, maybe um, one of the extra second-round picks you have. Maybe a C prospect. Something, but he's done. He's not done a single thing. And honestly, at this point, if they don't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by the end of the year. Oh, Alex, God bless you. He, someone has to. How many chances does he get to bring in a player? Sure. I get it. You tried to bring in Sebastian Ajo. It didn't work. You tried Braden Point. That was never going to work. He always wanted to stay in Tampa. 
So go make another impact move. You can't try twice and not then not do anything. Do you know what you sound like? You sound reasonable. Like, you sound like the entire Montreal Canadiens fan base right now. But does that am I being delusional and thinking that you have these cap states, you have the assets, and See, you don't do anything? Is that delusional? Right, and you know what? To make a giant move, they don't need to give up Cole Caulfield. They don't need to give up Romanov anymore. Like you look at the Tigler Hall deal, you can do that stuff and give up pro. Like with the amount of prospects and picks they have, you can afford to do it. Like not give up your A's and your B's, but like you're telling me that they can't go give up like a Yoni Ikenen and Josh Burke for someone? No, you can do that. There's no more excuses for Mark Bergevin anymore. And the big I, thing going out in Montreal is the lack of talent. Like, I know, like, you know what I mean, like talent. They have, like, every the effort is there, dude. It's just they don't, like, Jordan Wheel and Nick Cousins, God bless them, they aren't. They just aren't good enough. And Bergeron I'm, hasn't gotten out and gotten those good enough players. I'm not saying, yeah, you're right, don't go and get Taylor Hall, but yeah, Tyler Toffoli's the perfect example. Chris Kreider, like, come on, dude. Even someone that you we're talking about, you need a left-handed defenseman. I get Romanoff's coming in, but I, I don't think Romanoff's playing top four minutes next year. Oh, so I, 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 be, I would I would be surprised if he didn't. I think he is. Honestly, think- looking at the team, he might have to. If he's as good as everyone is saying he is, I have I have Montreal's tra- trades uh, up. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, sure. And I don't count the Max Pacioretty deal as an impact trade because he basically was all but gone from the team. Mm-hmm. And no one saw Thomas Tatar being good as good as he is. Okay, wait, wait, no. I, I disagree with you there. He was always a, like a 20-point player. I'm sorry, a 20-goal guy. But That's- he was just a throw-in in that deal. I think he honestly was just a throw-in in that, in that deal to get rid of that cap. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, we could, yeah, yeah. Which, that's uh, why, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm saying it. Do you consider the Max Domi Alex Galchenyuk trade an impact deal? An impact? Looking at what Domi Bring, to Galchenyuk, I would say yes. No, but at the time. At the time, God no! It was switching okay. a problem player for a problem player. No, I'll be honest. I haven't seen. I, I'm scrolling through. I really haven't seen any type of impact deal. It's really just like you can even say the Weber Subban trade was like you're trading one for one superstars, right? There really yeah. hasn't been a deal like that. You're maybe, right. maybe the hype when they brought in Jonathan Druin, that's pretty much it. He hasn't been a bad, but he hasn't been a needle moving player till this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, but when they brought him in, we all expected him to be a needle moving player. Mm hmm. There's no other trades other than that one. We just thought Alex Galchenyuk's out. The Alex Galchenyuk and Max Domi trade was essentially just switching players who needed a change of scenery. Yes, and, and it just happened to work out for the Canadians. Yeah, there's that. That's that was the one impact trade there, but that we didn't think that was going to happen. He, it doesn't seem like he's all his moves. It it, it seems like they're just. Yeah. He, he no nobody gets better depth pieces and players like Mark Bergevin. 
But that's not what the team needs anymore. No, no, you no have, it's not. I'm, I'm joking. Like, that's, I know. That's, it's, no, but the truth, but you, the, at the end of the day, you're kind of right. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. Year after year, we see Mark Bridgman bring in these depth players. We talked about Jordan Wheel and Nate Thompson a couple episodes ago. And it's, it's like he doesn't understand. The team doesn't need depth pieces. The, pl- the place that the team is at, you can fill those bottom roles with prospects. Those prospect, If the prospects are good enough, they'll flourish. If not, we'll fi- then that's something you can figure out. You need an impact player. And Ilya Kovalchuk is not the impact player. I don't think he's going to put up 20 goals. All right. I, I, one thing I'm going to disagree with here is don't get mad at Kovalchuk. Like, I'm, not not, at a, I'm not mad at Kovalchuk. I'm, I'm, I don't think that was the move. He, that was a low-risk move. But, again, I think it was a, just a distraction from the fact that he hasn't done anything else. I don't. I wouldn't say it was a distraction, Alex. Okay, if he doesn't do anything else, are you going to be happy? Sorry, say that again. If he does nothing for the rest of the season, you're not going to be. By nothing, do you mean sell at the deadline, or are you just saying nothing, like not to improve the team? Because I'm at a point where if he does nothing to improve the team, okay, who are you going to sell at the deadline? And that's the problem. Let me pull up their cap friendly. I think the only okay. You're gonna what go? Uh, who, off the top of my head, I know that um, Marco Scandal, who I would assume they would try and keep. I I see. I don't think the only free agent of note I think they have is Max Domi, who of course you're not going to trade, and you know it'll and be Victor an... and Victor Mate. Well, again, you're not going to trade. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you can trade Thomas Tatar. Oh uh, no! You don't need to do that. Why not? He'll get you pieces. Is he a UFA? No, he's a UFA next year, isn't he? Yeah. So you give you get more for him now than you will next year. I I don't know. Maybe you call Vegas again. <clears throat> uh, what what is what do you do with this team? Because I, so listen, this is a very crazy idea. Very crazy idea. I was this. I don't know if you've listened listened to. Uh, yesterday's episode of Hockey Central at noon, they had PJ Stock on and they were talking about the Montreal Canadiens. And he was kind of at the same point uh, as you are, as like, listen, like this, see, the fact that the Bruins, Canadian, the Bruins, Lightning, and Leafs are all playing to their potential. It's such and- a vision. What? It's such a bullshit division. Yeah. Uh, and. Since they're since they're that, it doesn't seem like even a wild card spot uh, is possible, because even the Metro tur- is turning out to be a lot tougher uh, than most people expected it to be. That it's time to sell, and <laughs> he's saying this team that you have right now isn't built for the now; it's built for the future. Would you agree with that? Uh, with the exception of two massive pieces, yeah, yeah. which, is the, which so, is the problem. Which is which is the problem. So he he suggested seeing seeing uh, crazy idea, but he had said, "Why don't you see what people would offer for Carey Price, just to see what they would say?" I would do. But it. Uh, can I be honest? What. 
I don't know what you would get for Carey Price simply because of his contract. You know what? I think that's fair. And it seems like this is my impression of what's been going on. It just seems like there's been a lack of consistency, I I, I think, with him. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. I think it's a mix of, of, yeah, that and also... Since Xero said this really long time and said the other day... Um, Carey Price hasn't been able to have a mar- like a, uh, any room to mess up because the team in front of him, especially defensively, has been so bad. Like Carey Price can have like the problem is, and Alex, I think I'm prepared to say he's not the best goalie in the world anymore. He's still one of the better ones, but he's just at a point now where, unless he has to steal you every game, but the problem is. Is again, he doesn't have the room to have a bad night anymore because the team <clears throat> isn't there to pick it up for him. Right. I don't know what you would honestly get for Carey Price, but if I and I don't know what is, I put, I said what's next for the Canadians, and I think we both agree, it would probably make sense for them to be sellers. But I think we've also agreed on that it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot for them to sell because there's contracts that go past this year. Well, like we, you have, we don't mean there's no talent, but it's just no, the problem is there are all the young pieces that you'd be an idiot to trade. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. I like listen. You have Brett Kulak and Ben Sherratt who are signed don't, for the next three years. Don't touch Kool Aid. Man, but what no, are you going to do with Brett? He's happy to be here. All right. Oh, okay. That's not the guy. He's really nice. Don't trade Kool Aid. Okay. Really so who are you going to trade? Who are you going to trade? That's the, I don't know. I don't know. Marco and Dallas probably got. Maybe you you read. Kolachuk's been great. So I mean, two games, but maybe you get his value up, then you trade into a contender. I don't know. I don't know. There's not a whole lot this team can do right now. No, and Alex, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's it's really silly to think, but is it fair to guess that the Habs might be a better team next year than this one? If Caulfield and Romanov both come next year and they both start the year running, sure. I don't think running. Like I think like I I don't think it's a stretch to think Cole Caulfield could score twenty goals next year. I'm not. I'm not sitting here and I'm telling you I want thirty or he's a bust, right? But. Hmm. No, for sure. But. Again, you're still lacking something. Okay, so what's your defense next year? You have Petrie and Weber on the right side. You have. Mete and Romanov on the left. With Sherrod, who I know you like Sherrod. And I know what you're thinking. Ben Sherratt has actually been a very big pleasant surprise, but like he's like, but he shouldn't be a top pair. Yeah. So that's not bad. Now, what's the goal? Where your goalie is going to be like? Uh, yeah, Price. Okay, is Price again? Is Price if Price isn't in, is is a consistent goalie? Then sure, your team will for sure be better. At the and and it's. This with this team, and I'd argue before the coaching change that the Leafs were very similar to this. If your goalie's good, you're fine. If your goalie's not good, you're not fine. 
I yeah, you're. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, I don't know what next year looks like for this team. I I don't because he, I I feel like he still Bergevin really messed up by not making any moves and. We talk about it all the time, how different hockey is from other sports, especially a sport like basketball, where, sure, bringing in two really good good players or that players that are supposed to be good makes a huge difference. But bringing in two players who are supposed to be good on a hockey team don't make that big a difference. And Edmonton is a prime example of that. You have two of the – you have the best player in the world and then you have another at least top five five center because he's still a center apparently, top five center, and you're still not making the playoffs. Yeah, I love how we, you turn this into screw the Oilers. Can we turn this into screw the Canucks too who got snapped by the Tampa Bay Lightning last night? Yeah, but I wasn't surprised by that. <laughs> Listen, it's – um. I don't know how to feel as a Habs fan. It's really – it really would be the best thing if they had traded – if they had started this rebuild with a, with a Price and Weber deal when you could have done it before there were question marks again. I'm confident Price is going to rebound. I always will be. Weber isn't slowing down to the point it would be, but at the same time, how long is that going to last? I mean, one bad – Shea Weber has been mostly healthy in his life except for that one knee injury – in his last year in Nashville, but at the same time, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, one an injury to each of those guys at their age is probably not good. Mm-hmm. That's it. That it, 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 it's pretty much that simple. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you have anything else to say about your team? Um, hands in the air for Lafreniere. I want you don't to know that no matter what, there's going to be rumors about the Habs wanting Lafreniere for like until the draft. You know that, right? Because it's in it's in Montreal as a draft. Yeah. If it, it, if the Canadians get the first overall pick, will you go to the draft? I'm already going to the draft. Oh, you are. Yeah, that, that's that's gonna happen no matter what. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well. Do you have anything else to say? Um, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna tr- check Twitter now. I don't really think I have much. I mean, I'm just. Uh, it's just. I'm, I don't. They're not making the playoffs. I think it's safe to say that now. They've just lost too many games. I think it's a six straight losses now. So what are you gonna do about that's- it? Um, I'll be enjoying. I mean, what's left to be to look forward to? Well, Shea Weber will win her the shot, and that's probably the only thing they're going to win this season. <laughs> so no, no, so no Shea Weber for Norris. Um, no, because John Carlson's insane. <laughs> I'm looking at a, of a puppy sure. eating his own tail. It's pretty adorable. All right, I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then everything, I think we're good. Cool. Well, 
if you enjoyed this episode, unlike me watching my team play, you should like the podcast on if you're watching it on YouTube, the clip maybe. If you're listening to it on a pod app of some sort, you should rate, share, subscribe, do whatever you can do on that. Share it, of course. And check out the show's Instagram page for clips and discussions and all that kind of stuff. Check out my YouTube channel, of course, the show's YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we will probably see you uh, next time.